0: Another day of Mystery Podcast brings us to Chapter 3 of my suspense thriller, Woodrow and Wren, The Rule of Three, and I'm novelist Sherry Todd Bayshore. The following morning, Ivy's full bladder woke her with a sharp cramp. On her side of the king-size bed, Lois herself looked like an odd shape, completely covered by the goose-down quilt. As Ivy tried to decide if she should return to bed or make coffee, The grandfather clock struck eight. Then she caught a strong aroma of coffee coming from the direction of her kitchen. Lois stirred. Dear heaven, do I smell coffee? Her muffled moan came from underneath the quilt. Ivy slid her feet into slippers, then grabbed her fleece robe. I think so. I'm going to check. If someone has broken in and made coffee, we won't call the police. We'll keep them. From her small sitting room, she rounded the base of the stairs. Then Ivy spotted Daniel through the open kitchen door. His curly black hair was flattened on one side of his head. The skin around both of his eyes was puffy, and he looked like Ivy felt. Did all of us die, and this is hell? Every hair on Ivy's curly head was churned and stuck out as if caught in a strong wind. No such luck. We're all still breathing air. Besides... I don't think there's coffee in hell. Thank you for making coffee, Ivy leaned against her fridge. I'm way too old for behavior like last night. The last time I had that much to drink was one weekend during my last year of teacher's college. However, in 1974, my liver was 47 years younger. Which mugs do you use? Daniel spoke into the space above the counter with his forehead against an upper cupboard. The painted pale green wood felt refreshingly cool. Any of those tall red mugs to your left? They're my Tim Horton souvenirs from Canada. I have six of them, so you can fill two. Fill three. Lois stood behind Ivy in the doorway. For mercy's sake, fill three. She moved to a stool at the small kitchen island, then closed her eyes. The coiled braid of her waist-length hair had shifted to one side, with several gray strands no longer held in place. The trio remained silent, gathered around the kitchen island, while they sipped fluid and caffeine into their system. With their second cup of coffee, they were still quiet, but cringed in unison when the clock struck the half-hour, followed by the front-door chime. Lois was closest to the hallway door. She eased off her stool and headed slowly toward the front door. After we burn that clock, we need to disconnect the front doorbell. The snow had stopped completely, but thick gray clouds tumbled by a durable wind gave a strong hint of a continued uncertain forecast. On the covered front porch, detectives Dale Chan and Margot Sanchez looked as sour as Lois felt. Though Lois had no idea how she looked She got a fair idea from the startled expression on both faces of the local police officers. She opened the door wider, then stepped to one side. Last night I may have had a little too much white wine. I may have had a little too much red wine. Ivy stood at the foot of the stairs, gripping the carved newel post. I may have had too much bourbon, Daniel nodded, leaning against the closed door to the large guest sitting room. Detective Sanchez nodded. Last night was a dire one for many people. There was something bleak, not spoken, in her eyes. Unfortunately, Detective Chan pulled out an electronic notepad. We have a murder to solve. Of course, we understand completely. Ivy steadied herself, then moved away from the foot of the stairs. There are several comfortable chairs in the guest sitting room, right through here. Ivy pointed, then Daniel turned an ornate brass knob that opened carved wooden doors. The larger sitting room was as wide, but slightly longer, than the guest dining room. She led everyone to a grouping of six chairs upholstered in a deep burgundy weave, set in a half-circle around the tall shale and red-brick fireplace. On the mantel behind two large, ornate Chinese vases, Ivy flicked a switch for an instant fire. The fireplace in my sitting room still burns wood. But in here, and in the dining room, Eric had a contractor run a natural gas line to each of the fireboxes. For my guests, this is so much easier than chopping more wood. Ivy gave the detectives a weak smile. Daniel saved our lives earlier by making a large pot of coffee. Would either of you like a cup? Both detectives shook their heads as Daniel and Lois each settled into one of the burgundy chairs, Detective Chan turned on his E pad to take notes. Detective Sanchez began. Ms. Wren, would it be possible for us to meet with you in another room? We'd prefer to interview each of you separately. Certainly. Ivy moved away from the fireplace and opened the pair of pocket doors that divided the guest sitting room from the dining room. Then she pointed again. Just beyond the guest dining room is a small TV room. Would that be okay? Dale looked at Margot, who nodded. They walked through a dining room furnished with six three-by-three-foot tables, some with two antique wooden chairs and some had four. Beside a corner red brick fireplace, another set of French doors opened into a room only 16 by 16 feet. The room was furnished with a variety of smaller-scale upholstered chairs, smaller round tables and two flat-screen TVs, each mounted on opposite-facing walls. Several sets of headphones attached to cables ran from each separate television. The officers made no comment, but settled into work. Scene change. After Ivy and the detectives disappeared into the TV room, Lois turned to Daniel. I'm going for a quick shower. I didn't even glimpse myself in a mirror after I got up this morning, but if I look half as scary as Ivy, I'm a wreck. And I'm sure those detectives will question me soon, too. Daniel looked uncertain. Good plan if you think we'll have time. Lois shrugged, then headed for the guest sitting room doorway through the front hall. Scene change. Detective Sanchez began. Is it Mrs. Walker or Ms. Wren? Either is fine, though I started using my maiden name, Wren, since my husband died. Sanchez nodded. Have you had any guests check out recently? No, my final group of guests left the last Sunday of September. I didn't book any more guests until after Thanksgiving, but I do have one couple arriving late next Thursday, a week after Halloween. I worried about managing on my own after my husband died. This bed and breakfast is quite labor-intensive. Other bed and breakfast owners suggested I might give myself a break for October and November. Where were you yesterday and the previous evening? Ah, well, yesterday morning I went to the post office, then to the Black Bear Bakery, And then bought some groceries. I had invited my old school friend Lois Woodrow for an extended stay. As you know, Halloween is in four days. I enjoy the day and the kids coming, but don't like being alone then. Lois came last year for three weeks, too, when Eric was first hospitalized with COVID, then again after Eric died. How long have you and Miss Woodrow been friends? The detectives already knew the answer to this question. "'Best friends,' Ivy smiled, remembering. "'We met in middle school when it was called Junior High. "'We were both twelve. "'Then the teachers seated students alphabetically, "'and Woodrow came before Wren. "'Lois routinely sat in front of me all through Junior High "'and then home room in high school, too. "'Even our birthdays are in the same month. "'April, though my birthday is two weeks before hers, "'so technically I'm older,' she smiled again. Dale kept his head down, documenting Ivy's responses. You were alone then the night before your friends arrived? Yes, though I must clarify, I was only expecting Lois. I'd forgotten she mentioned some foot surgery. Captain Nacefa offered to drive Lois because the surgery was on her right foot. He's a new neighbor from across the street in the neighborhood where Lois lives in Tucson. As you know, that's a bit of a drive. What time did you leave the house to run your errands? Ivy Wren was a true creature of habit. I try to leave the house around 9 a.m. for morning errands. The post office and grocery stores are always open early, but if I must go to a retail store, they never open until 10 a.m. So it's the post office first, then groceries, then other stores if needed. What time did you return? I got back just before noon It was snowing off and on all morning, but harder by then, and I remember worrying about the roads. I put away my groceries, then got a meatloaf ready to bake. Did you notice anyone either in a parked car or a truck or loitering by your house at any time in the last two days that may have seemed odd to you? Ivy thought for several seconds. No, not really. The front south street of Canyon House can be fairly busy with local and tourist traffic. My mailbox is on the east side of the front driveway, but typically I leave from the alley where my garage is. Now that you ask, I remember there was no other vehicles or people in the alley when I left or returned. Someone could have been hiding anywhere in the alley, of course. Scene change. Daniel returned to the larger guest sitting room before Lois. The door to the TV room was still closed, and a quick glance out the front window toward the curved driveway told him the detectives hadn't left. He liked the house and its owner. He understood why his neighbor Lois had been lifelong friends with the sweet-natured, gentle Ivy Wren Walker. They were a good fit. Lois was more outspoken. Ivy was more thoughtful. Okay, now I feel human again. Lois came dressed in navy sweatpants with a cream and navy striped long-sleeved top. Her long salt-and-pepper gray hair was still wet, combed straight down her back. I won't braid my hair until it dries completely, or I'll look like something Sasquatch might have married. Daniel grinned. Hey, my late wife and I had five daughters, so no comment. Five? I didn't know that. I knew you mentioned daughters, but I didn't know you had five. Wow. Ivy has two and I have three, one by each former husband. Between us we have ten girls. How amazing is that? I'm going to risk being forward again, but I make the best French toast if I don't mind saying so. How about brunch? Ivy must be getting hungry too, and maybe the fuzz will join us. Okay by me, and your French toast will go very nicely with my world famous Denver omelet. Lois stood, then headed for the kitchen through the dining room. But I wouldn't count on being pals with those detectives just yet. Lois had finished chopping sweet onion and cooking three strips of bacon in the microwave when Ivy emerged from the TV room. Ivy looked almost physically wilted as she closed the connecting door between the kitchen and the dining room. Why do I feel like I might be responsible for that poor woman's death? Don't go there in your head, Lois blotted bacon with a paper towel. However, someone was murdered in your property. That doesn't happen every day, or even in a typical lifetime. Ivy still looked lost. They want to question you next, Lois. Okay, go have a quick shower. You'll feel better. I'll cook us an omelet. Daniel's got French toast started. Ivy nodded, still feeling overwhelmed as she wandered down the hall toward her private rooms. Lois wiped her hands on a towel, then disappeared through the swinging dining room door. Daniel watched both women, feeling uneasy. Scene change. Miss Woodrow. What time did you and Captain S.F. arrive at Canyon House yesterday? Detective Sanchez flipped to another question page of her notepad. Detective Chan switched to a new witness file on his electronic pad. Oh, around, oh, 2 p.m., 3 p.m., give or take. We ran about an hour later than we planned because of the weather so it might have been closer to 3 p.m. As long as I've lived here, I still find Arizona weather amazing in the fall and winter. You know, sunny with golfing in the south, then snowing with skiing in the north. Neither detective smiled or commented. Did you park in the front drive or go around to the back where Ms. Wren's garage is located? Lois thought that question odd. Because of my foot, Daniel stopped in the front, Later, he moved my car to Ivy's garage after she insisted he stay here instead of going to the Little America. Detective Sanchez nodded. This ends the plot hints for Woodrow and Wren, The Rule of Three. As I mentioned before, much of my fiction is researched with a fair amount of fact. With this plot, I not only researched into history, I added some high elements of present-day events too. If this has you curious now, All of my books are available to order via Chapters, or Barnes & Noble, or actually any bookseller. You can also visit my website, patchworkpublishing.com, where just by clicking on any book cover, you'll be linked to the same book on Amazon. Next week, I'll share the first three chapters from the first book in a sequel. I don't know anyone who isn't fascinated by their dreams, or dreams in general, and my research of dreams became the base for two romantic suspense thrillers. Thank you so much again for listening.